Gridbox Media Programming is brought to you by. Do you wish you knew the saints better? Overwhelmed with all the events in Catholic history and just wish you could tie it all together? It's tough work, and even scientists have determined that it takes approximately 400 repetitions to create a new synapse in the brain. Unless it is done with play, in which case it takes between 10 and 20 repetitions. Introducing Saint Cards, where the facts about saints and history are presented in fun and engaging games for ages 4 to 104. Check out Saint Cards at saintcards.com and begin the fun for your family, school, and parish today. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. What are you doing this Lent? The St. Paul Center is streaming their newest video Bible study for free starting Ash Wednesday. Based on Scott Hahn's renowned covenantal theology, this is a study no one should miss. Invite your friends, Catholic or not. Don't miss your chance to see this premium study for free. Go to stpaulcenter.com to sign up today. Welcome to the Champions Podcast with your hosts, Mike Rubin and Coach Phil. The podcast where we share stories of faith being activated through sports. Welcome to episode number four of the Champions Podcast. Alongside Coach Phil Albert, I'm Mike Rubin, and we are so excited that you have joined us. Coach, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great, Mike. It's so good to be on with you and looking so forward to Tessa's testimony. Absolutely. We're extremely excited about today's podcast. Our first two guests have been football players, but today we're going to head away from the gridiron and we're going to have our first softball player as a guest. Coach, like you said, we have the privilege of interviewing Tessa Daniels from the reigning national champion Florida State Seminoles today. Well, it's terrific. I'll tell you what a uh, opportunity for many, maybe all of America, maybe the world to hear Tessa Young gal, uh, struggling in high school, goes on to college, outstanding athlete, has God intervening in her life. So good. Absolutely. And we're going to jump right into the po- our interview right now. Tessa, welcome. We are so glad to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited for this podcast. I do know a little bit about your story and how you've used the platform that God's given you. And I'm excited for the audience to hear and us for also for us to just kind of unravel it more and to, to hear more about it. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing great. It's one of those days where I'm really seeing God work everything together. And I know, you know, we're we don't always understand um, what he's doing, but like today was one of those days where just seeing his grace and his blessing so evident in my life and other people's lives and my teammates' lives. So it has been, it has just been a great day. That's awesome. So thank you so much for having me. This is just, 
an additional, you know, blessing to that. Absolutely. And if you really want to bless us, you can send some of that warm Tallahassee weather up here to Pennsylvania where we are, where we're just now starting to break out of the cold and starting to put our winter jackets away. Yeah, no, it is it, it is great out here, and I've been I've been actually back and forth um, the past couple weekends from Tallahassee to North Georgia where I live. So it's been an adjustment for me, but yeah, it, it is it is beautiful out right now. That's great. It's great. Well, we trust that God's going to do amazing things with your story today and that those who listen are going to be impacted by your faith journey and also inspired by how you use the platform that God gave you. So if it's okay with you, Tessa, we're going to open our podcast up in prayer. Absolutely, please, yes. Great. Coach, will you lead us? Well, it's, it's my pleasure, and it is uh, just a blessing to have Tessa with us today. The Bible mm-hmm. teaches us when two or more come together, when we come together in his name, he says, there will he be. So I thank you, Lord, mm-hmm. for being in our presence right now. You also said, Father, when two or more agree is touching anything that is here on earth, that you, our Father, which is in heaven, would bring it to pass. So as we join our faith with whatever the needs are today, where Tessa is in Tallahassee, we thank you, Father, that your ear is open to the cry of the righteous. I thank you, Lord, that we can come together today, and all we say and do will honor you. We pray a special blessing on Tessa's life, God. Continue, Holy Spirit, to God, lead her and instruct her, and give her wisdom in all learning. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so let's jump right in. First off, Tessa Daniels, national champion. How does that sound to you? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, um, gosh, it, it's just evident how, how God has just um, honestly given me favor. And, and when I say that, I don't want to come off as cocky because it is not that. Um, just time and time again, he has continued to bless me with success on the field. But um, this year was really different because, like, I was um, – Again, not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just trying to like give give my past experiences because um, I believe you know the more we share about who we were before Christ, the more glory He gets. So like, um, I was actually a national champion like back in the day. I played for the Atlanta Vipers travel ball softball team, and we won this national championship out in California. And um, at that point in time, I didn't know Christ, and definitely my identity was like steeped in the sport and steeped in my successes and in my failures. Um, so, like, I have also had a lot of success. Uh, I, I went to Buford High School. We won, like, four state championships in a row. So, like, I've had a lot of success on the field, and that's been something that I've actually played a part of. Um, but, gosh, we might already go ahead and start this testimony. But like, well, Let's go on so in. I, I've had softball. Yeah, yeah. I've had success um, on the field that I've been a part of. But this year, like, at the World Series, um, I, I never touched the softball. At, at no point in time um, did I physically impact the game, but I'll say um, God was still able to use me. And um, I'll say like this national championship, not just because it's like, not just because we won at the highest level, you know, division one softball is not, not just because of um, not just because of where we played, but um, how, how we won and how we performed and how we conducted ourselves on and off the field. Like that's what makes this national championship so special to me. And, and um, we'll get more into it, but um, it, it's just amazing to see how, like how God so worked. And I'm telling you, I, we're, we're a good softball team. Like I, I think we absolutely earned that ring, but um, I, I think we definitely had God's favor um, 
it's a miracle. And when I say it's a miracle, I'm not trying to like take away from what we did athletically, but I'm saying it's a miracle that just to glorify God in it, because it it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. But well, and we do want to dive into that, you know, and you guys had an, you had an incredible run last year. You went 58 and 12 before defeating the Washington Huskies to win the national championship. And there's a lot I want to get into, but let's start at that postseason run. You know, and for those people who aren't familiar with how the softball postseason run works, after the conference tournament, uh, you start with the NCAA regionals where you're in it with three other teams in your bracket. The team that yes. wins that then advances to the super regionals, and they ha- it's a it's a head to head, and you got to win two of three. Then the winner of that mm-hmm. goes to the su- the the NCAA College World Series, and so I think it seemed like publicly at least there first started to be notoriety of hashtag four teams, one king at the NCAA regionals. Is that kind of when things started? Um, Well, I'll say our, our pivotal moment was, was actually Easter Sunday last year. And um, I'll definitely talk about four teams, one king, but I gotta, um, I gotta tell about this story because um, it was incredible. We played, we played at Georgia tech on Easter Sunday and I, I noticed that back in like February and I was like, oh, I just started praying that um, we would be able to go to, to, a, to a church service that Easter Sunday. And we'd never done anything like that before. Um, so like it took a lot of prayer. Um, I was, you know, kept praying for um, hearts to be softened over this decision. And, and um, we ended up going to Passion City Church, which was it's an amazing church. I've actually gone to a couple of their conferences when I was um, when I was in high school and in first couple years of college, but we, that's only like 15 minutes from the stadium. So Easter Sunday, um, we ended up going to church and it, actually one of my mentors here at Florida State, her name's Robin. Um, when I got here my freshman year, she told me, Tessa, it's the ones that you least expect that will come to Christ. Like, so don't give up on anyone. And that Easter service, it, it just, that came to fruition. And it was the one that I least expected ended up giving our life to Christ on that Sunday. And that was the pivotal moment of our season, both spiritually and, you know, on the field. So um, it was just amazing because from that Easter Sunday, we started having Bible studies. Um, and this isn't something that's like been common on, um, you know, on Florida State softball. It's, it's actually, you know, up until my junior year, I felt like I was the only believer, um, which, I mean, that would be in a whole other podcast in and of itself, just like <laughs> trying to keep the faith in that. But um, I'll say like that Easter Sunday was just like the culminating moment of just so many prayers and to see my teammate just in tears over like the Holy Spirit just capturing our heart was incredible. So from that, we started having a couple Bible studies um, and it was actually the it was actually the the very next day that Monday afternoon after um, that Easter service, we decided to go to a church um, a church service on campus here, and this is again the first time we've done this like and it's not a team but there was actually eight of us that that went to this thing and um so we show up to the church doors and they're locked and I'm standing there like seriously God like frustrated like seriously the first time like we're getting together and and going to church like you. Like, you're locking the doors on us. What is going on? Um, so we ended up, like, checking around the back of the building to see if, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, we missed another entry. I don't know. And we found out on Twitter, like, because they had an Easter service the day before that they weren't holding a Monday night service. And then we saw this wooden table that was across the street. And one of the girls was like, well, why don't we just have a Bible study? And I was like, um, okay, I love, I love your enthusiasm, but, like, I knew that they were going to look to me to lead it. And this is not something that I'm, um, I've done before anything like that, but 
I was like, you know what? I, I know, I think I know what I want to talk to y'all about. And that was no coincidence that like a two months earlier, I sat down and read this, um, read something in Exodus. And it's such a cool story. And I'm, I'm, I'm being so detailed in this because this story in Exodus um, ended up showing itself. Like God continued to use this throughout our season. And what we talked about, this is the Monday night after the Easter service, we talked about, um, it's Exodus 13, 15, I believe it is. Um, and it's talking about, so God just led, or God just led uh, the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. And so Moses is, is leading these people, and this is right before the Red Sea. And this, this verse, I believe it's 13, 15, I might need to go back and check. But, no, you're good, it's um, 13. Okay, okay. God, um, he says, God led the Israelites in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And that was something that you could so easily read over. Um, but I was like, wait a minute, this, this, is, this has got some good stuff in it. So that, that Monday night, we sat down and for like an hour and a half, we just shared our hearts and it was the most amazing thing. And what we talked about was one, so he led the Israelites in a roundabout way. That just goes to show that sometimes God will lead us in a way that's not the quickest, the quickest route. You know, like the, what, what, it, it's a straight line. That's how you get to point A to point B, the, the fastest. And in this scripture, it goes to show that God sometimes lead us in a roundabout way. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get where we need to go. And it's through the wilderness. So sometimes God leads us through struggles and pains, but we're also headed towards the Red Sea, which again, the Red Sea is the ocean. Like it, it, is, it is a huge obstacle standing in the way of the Israelites. And you have the Egyptian army actually coming behind them, like, you know, wanting to capture them again. And it's like, God, why are you leading me to the Red Sea? Why are you leading me to this obstacle? Like, but it is there at the Red Sea that God was glorified and a miracle happened. So just that scripture, like the, the whole mind we started talking about, it, and it was incredible. So like just God started really, really working on my teammates' hearts. And it just, it brought me so much joy. And of course, like we weren't always, you know, on the rise. There was a couple falls. You know, I also got discouraged because, oh, we had Bible study this week, but we didn't have it like the following week, like what's going on. But then God continued to, to prove faithful and that Jesse Warren, our third baseman, y'all probably know who she is. She's up for an SB award. She's really awesome. Um, but she came to me because um, we hosted Auburn, um, Kennesaw State, and Jacksonville State. So Jesse Warren came up to me and she's like, hey, I know a girl in Auburn that I think would want to do a Bible study with us. What do you say? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And what ended up happening, I was like, well, why don't we just have a service with, with like all four teams come together? I was like, that's a crazy thought, but let's just, I don't know, let's, let's just try it. And all of postseason was one of those, like, let's just try it, see what happens. Um, so we got in contact with one girl from each, each of the teams and they were for it. So we ended up, um, excuse me, we ended up gathering together at our football stadium and having this, what I thought was going to be a Bible study. It turned into a whole like church service. We had Sabrina Stutzman, Leslie Ferris sing worship, Megan King shared her testimony. Um, I, this was not my intention, but like I ended up speaking and it was just an incredible, incredible night. Um, and again, that was, that was one of those times where I'm like, okay, this is, this is perfect. Like if we just ended on this, it would be good. Um, but again, God just kept having more things in store for us. Um, and this is where, again, might, might be cheesy, but again, God just goes to show, um, just God will use anyone and anything to glorify him. So you have four teams coming together before we play for the regionals. Okay. So it's like kind of awkward to begin with, like everyone in one room, you know, there's a little tension, a little awkwardness. I was like, how can I break this awkwardness? So we made these bracelets. 
they're um it's a little plastic cross that i get from hobby lobby and some thread i get from walmart like the smallest things right and we ended up making these bracelets just as a way like i want the girls to remember the night um like i'm just i'm all about i'm an english education major and i'm just all about like having tangible things to represent you know just symbols i'm all about symbols so i was like i just want these girls to have something that they can remember tonight by so we made these bracelets and we came up with this hashtag 14 one king and um what inspired that was oklahoma Oklahoma softball, they had this hashtag power of three um, the previous year. And Oklahoma softball was the, the team that won it the two years previous. And they were just an amazing example of, of glorifying God and their success. So their hashtag power of three, which y'all need to check out, um, is really, really cool. That that kind of inspired us to do the four teams, one team. Um, and am I good to keep going? I know I'm talking about Oh, no, it. keep going. <laughs> you're, you're doing great. Okay, okay, okay. You're on a roll. Keep going. So, okay, okay, thank you. It's just uh, God, he just works in the details. I'll just say that. Um, the four teams, one king, it went like mini viral on social media. Like people, like, um, you know, we were playing and before the game, some of the girls were like hashtag four teams on king on Instagram and Twitter. And like we had a video. It was it was really cool. So y'all like check that on on uh, on Twitter and you'll see some stuff. But we ended up winning um, regionals. But it was so encouraging to me that like a couple girls from the losing teams actually came up to me and was like, this was my last softball game that I will ever play, but like, this was the perfect way to end it. And that just like, you know, just to be glorifying God and, and to, and to be in community with the opposing team before you play like that, just, uh, it just brought me to tears when, when they told me that. And, you know, I've, I know I've created lifelong and, you know, eternity long relationships, um, you know, just because of softball and because of that. So, okay. So we're done with regionals. We got who we have next is um, who we have next is we're playing LSU and this is no coincidence because the year previous the year that we thought like we were number one in the nation my sophomore year we thought we were gonna like no doubt win the national championship we have Jessica Burroughs Alex Powers like we are stacked sophomore year we're gonna win the championship and we face LSU in the super regionals and they just pull the rug out from under our feet we lose we don't even go to the world series so my junior year we play LSU in the super regionals like we are matched up again with LSU in the super regionals and um, we ended up losing the first game. And this is where Exodus, that verse from Exodus comes back because um, I didn't mention this. Um, but so the NCAA regulations, only 20 people in postseason can dress out. And so me and one other junior pitcher, we weren't able, we weren't even able to wear uniforms. So um, through all of this, which again, just goes to show God will use anyone through all this. I wasn't even able to be in uniform, but, um, before the game, I was able to bring my Bible out on the field, which was so cool because, you know, we had those eight girls, um, that heard that verse earlier, but I was like, the whole team needs to hear this. Cause I think it really applies. I was like, y'all listen, wow. we're about to, we're about to play game two versus LSU. I was like, y'all listen, sometimes God will lead us in a roundabout way. Cause the, the fastest way to win regionals or super regionals was, like win the first two games and we're out of there right so this is definitely the roundabout way through the wilderness like we are facing lsu their pitcher is incredible like they are a tough compet like we 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 got we got a game on our hands you know so that was through the wilderness and and towards the red sea was that game that was that we were about to face you know that was just a huge obstacle in our way to get to the world series to get to the promised land you know (laughs) so it was just so encouraging to be able to to be able to like relate the God. And I'm not saying like we should be taking the Bible out of context, but just to show like this word is living and active and it can apply to us right now. Um, so 
spoiler alert, we, you know, we beat <laughs> LSU, amazing day of softball, because um, we ended up playing two games in one day. We beat LSU, and we're on to the World Series. Do, should I keep going? <laughs> please, please. Is that okay? okay. Absolutely. Good. Good. So we're at the World Series. Yeah. Okay. We're at the World Series. Um, my coach comes up to me and says, hey, Tessa, if you, like, if you want like to try to get all eight teams together and, and maybe do like a little Bible study, like that would be pretty cool, right? And I was like, yeah, but it was kind of like a lot of pressure because I'm like, hold on, like I'm a nobody. How am I going to talk? Like how am I going to get in touch with all eight teams and bring them together all of a sudden? This was Tuesday. We fly out Wednesday to the World Series. Wow. So this is like all of a sudden I was like, oh, my gosh, that's just such an awesome invitation, but how am I going to do this? God, please help me out. Um, like we are seriously, I'm on the runway. We're about to take off like to OKC and I'm on the phone, like calling people in Oklahoma city, like trying to figure out a venue to hold this Bible study. And, um, we ended up not being able to do it because the only time we were going to be able to do it was be at this, this dinner, um, that we had. So it was kind of like an opening ceremony. We had all eight teams in attendance and I was like, the perfect place to do it would be right after the ceremony. But I don't know, some regulations, we weren't able to do it, but this is the crazy part. So the only, I feel like the only real strength that I had going into this was my academics. So yeah, I'm a little biased because I want to be a teacher, but that was really all I had going for me besides, you know, God, obviously, but like my, my strong suit in college has been my academics. And it was just incredible to see like God was able to use that. So we're, um, we're sitting and they're giving a couple awards. They're doing the player of the year and the freshman of the year. And before the night ended, they said, we have one more award that we want to give. And I, I remember exactly what he said. It says it goes to the participants at the College World Series with the highest GPA. And as soon as he said the word participant, I'm like, okay, I'm out of the race. I, I'm, I can't even win this because I'm technically not even a participant. And they said my GPA. They said majoring in English education. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is me. So I here I am walking up to stage. And I'm like, it all, like, I it just, I realized in that moment, like, God's plans are so much greater than mine because I'm accepting this award in front of everyone, mm. in front of everyone in this tournament. And he whispers in my ear, Hey, do you want to give an acceptance speech? Which is like not common for us to do. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just still kind of <laughs> awkward for us. Like we just, we just don't do that. But like, I was like, yes, sure. Okay, great. And obviously didn't have anything prepared. I didn't know this award existed, but like I told them a little bit, like I only had a minute and, um, and it was crazy because seriously, two minutes before I won this award, I was like, I wonder what I would say if I went up and ex- like, I, if I said an acceptance speech, wow. like, I don't want to just say like, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Cause sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other, even for believers. So I was like, what can I say? Um, and you know, funny enough, I actually had the microphone in my hand and I was like, oh my gosh, guys, this is so cool. <laughs> um, and I kind of told them about what happened at four teams, one King. And again, there's a video and I'm probably talking faster than I am right now, um, but just like about me saying like, okay. Most of us are going to lose. There's only going to be one team that wins. And to be completely honest with you, when I said there's going to be one team that wins, I was looking at Oklahoma softball sitting right in front of me because I was like, one team's going to win. You know, everyone else is going to lose. But we have to glorify God in the wins and in the losses. And I, I, I kind of said, we did this cool thing at regional with four teams, one king. How about we do eight teams, one king? And it exploded from there on social media. It was the coolest thing. Um, we ended up – I ended up um, – making bracelets, a couple of my teammates and I made, made these bracelets that we made at regionals for all the teams in attendance, a couple hundred more for the fans. Um, and it was just so cool to see, like, we were, um, you know, we were, we were 
Georgia and Florida, I think, were playing, and we played the next game, but we were watching them on TV, and, like, Amanda Lorenz is up to bat, and she has this, like, purple or the, the blue and orange cross, which, like, uh, I did not like those colors together when I was thinking, <laughs> but, you know, they're up to bat, and I was like, oh, my, that's the cross, that's the cross, like, seeing it on TV, mm. on national television, on ESPN, I'm like, that is so, so cool, and it was just a blessing because, you know, making those crosses took a lot of time, but I I didn't need to sleep. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but like if I was playing, I would need to have rested. I would have need to have, like, I would need to be sleeping, but I was able to like work through the night to make these crosses. It was just, there was no mistake in me not playing. Like it was a blessing that I didn't have playing time because I was able to do these kinds of things. I was able to interact with the fans and give them these crosses. So it was just, uh, I'm, I know it's such a long story. I know, and I'm, I'm everywhere with it, but um, just these, these smallest, of things, a, a bracelet, it, like a cross, a plastic cross and, and a piece of string just was able, like we were able to use it to glorify God. And um, gosh, so many blessings have flowed from our, our, our winning, um, our winning the national championship. And I was like the first time we started praying together as a team. And there's just, there's, there's no coincidence y'all. It was just, God continued and continued to just reveal himself to us. And um it still amazes me, you know. <laughs> absolutely. That, that's incredible. Yeah. That's an absolutely incredible story. And I want to backtrack a little bit to um, yeah. right after the Easter service. You know, you had mentioned that for the first couple of years, you kind of felt like you very well may be the only believer on the team. Um, you know, and, yeah. and then you had some some uh, teammates that expressed interest in a Bible study and attending church. And, you know, at, at, at some point, the four teams, one King. And at some point, all of these things, like the Holy spirit prompted you to do these things, you know? And so what was it? Because you shared that that Monday was kind of the first time that you had led something like this. What was it that that led you to be obedient to that? You know, because I feel like a lot Mm. of times we get promptings, but fear Mm. overcomes those promptings. Mm. And instead of taking that step, we, we, we draw back. And the thought of, what would have happened? Like you look at all these incredible things that God did through your obedience, you know, and that, that might not have otherwise been done. So how, what gave you the courage to be obedient? Um, well, I'll say just my, the previous prayers, like the, the prayers from so many people, um, and like just in that moment, like I just, Yes, there was fear. There's absolute fear. And we actually just talked about this at Bible study last night. There was so much fear, but like God presented the opportunity. And I, I was like, this is it. This is it. I don't feel ready. It's like, it's like, you know, when God calls Moses, like you're the chosen one, like, here we go. And God's like, no, who am I? Like, who am I to lead these people? And it's just that, that like, I, of course I didn't know what was to come, but I saw the opportunity and the prayers had been prayed and just realizing like, it's, it's not about me. And, and I'll say like, we, we talked about this last night at Bible study, Numbers 20, where Moses strikes the rock twice instead of speaking over the rock. And it was one of those things I was like, why, why doesn't God speak for over the rock for it to flow water for the Israelites? Like God commanded Moses to speak to the rock. And we talked last night, like, why didn't Moses speak? Why did he strike it twice? And, you know, it doesn't explicitly say that, but like Moses, he has a stuttering problem. He, and all the, all the Israelites, to give context, like all the Israelites are, are gathered in this place and there's rock, there's a rock and God says, you know, 
speak over it and water will flow. These Israelites have been complaining. They're thirsty there. They just got of they just got out of slavery. And they're like, I wish we were back in slavery because at least we were fed. At least we were like given drink, you know, given water to drink. And like you see Moses at this point of like, well, why didn't he speak? And I think maybe it was a fear of like, I'm going to first off stutter when I say, like when I talk to this rock and I, when I talk over this rock and what happens if water doesn't flow out, like I'm going to look like a fool. Mm. And that's one of these things, like I've been encouraging the girls, like when God, when, when the Holy Spirit prompts your heart, like don't, don't strike the rock. Like you, you do as God commands you, even if you stutter, even like, even if like, even if water doesn't flow, but like that's that's the thing is like we have to trust God that He commanded us to, and it's going to happen. So it is just that ultimate trust, even in our fear. And just Jenny Lauer, she's a mentor of mine, my freshman and sophomore year. That was her thing that she always told me. She's like, Tessa, trust and obey, trust and obey. And like, it, it's not about us. It's not about if I stumble over my words. It's not about if I look like a fool. You know, like this. You know, I I really did look like a fool running up and down the, you know, the foul lines, like handing out these bracelets. Like I was doing something that I've never done before and probably not a lot of people have done. You know, like it, I look like a fool to many people, especially people who aren't believers. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this chick doing? Yeah. But it's like I'm I'm just answering God's call. Like, I, and that's what I want to do and to con- encourage people to do, because like this life is not about us. It is about the Amen. one to come. It Amen. is about God and serving him and just just trying to be a light to be salt and light for the people around us, for our teammates, for our coaches, for our classmates, for our family to just like, y'all look at what Jesus has done for us. Come with me and let's actually spend eternity together with him. You know? So just having the perspective in that moment of what, like, what is this for? Like when, when you look at life in light of eternity, like that will give you courage and purpose and boldness to, to speak what God has commanded us to speak. And it, it says in, I think it's Matthew 10, like he will speak for us when we are in those moments. Like Amen. Jesus is talking to, you know, the disciples, like, you know, you, you will, you will be in prison. Like you will be like, Jesus tells us up front, you follow me, you're going to meet persecution, but that means you're doing it right. Like mm. that. And he says, he goes like one step further. Like when you're in jail, when you're in prison, like, it is an opportunity to share the gospel. And that just amazes me. And you see that all throughout Paul's letters. Like he is chained because of the gospel, but he uses it as an opportunity. So just don't be afraid to look like a fool when you're doing it out of love. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think it's so encouraging for people to hear. And I did, I I saw the, um, so Jessica Warren posted an Instagram Mm -hmm. video um, and it it was beautiful. It was an absolutely mm. beautiful video. So anybody that's listening, uh, do yourself a favor and search out hashtag four teams, one king or hashtag eight teams, one king. Mm-hmm. But this particular one was at the regionals and uh, you, you all were singing worship. And it was just this beautiful yeah. image of, you know, like you said, th- these are four teams that are competing for their season. You know, the season's on the yeah. line. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that the fact that that was put aside to say, man, we play for something far greater than that. And it, yeah. it, it's just, it, it was a, it was beautiful. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so there are, there are so many questions that I have for you. And, and one thing that mm-hmm. I don't want to overlook is, yeah. you know, you, you you're from Georgia out of, mm-hmm. correct? Right. Okay. Yes, yes, and yes, out yes. of high school, you were recruited by Florida State. So obviously, at the, out of high school, you're one of the top softball players in the country. What made you choose Florida State? Um, well, it's crazy because I'm actually at the field. Like I'm, I'm, I'm at the field right now, looking at it, and it's um, the moment that I knew 
was right when I walked on the field. So um, Coach, uh, we call her Coach, it's Lonnie Alameda. She um, she met us in the right field. The parking lot is, is right behind in the outfield. And mom, dad, and I, like, we came out, and that was the very first thing we did when we got on campus. We just walked on to the field, um, to the outfield gate. And I was just like, as soon as I stepped on the field, I just knew. I just knew. And um, it, it was one of those God things. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, yes, like, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm signing my contract now. Like, it wasn't that. It was def- a lot of prayer went into this, but it, it was absolutely, I just felt God's call here. And, and I'll say something that's kind of, um, kind of goes to show God's humor in this. Like I, I was recruited my, my sophomore year of high school. And, um, you know, of course, like so excited to go to Florida State, love it here. But then I, I kept, I kept doubting, you know, like, it, is this the place I really should be? Because like, you know, I'll just go to say my, um, one of my visits here, like, I'll just say I saw college at its finest. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. And that was that moment that I felt so alone. I felt so alone. And um, I was like, is this the place that I need to be? And um, I came home and, and I, I talked to my high school coach, Tony Wolf, about this. And he said, Tessa, you like you are going to Florida State for more than just softball. Like you need to be in this world and not of it. To be to be like to be around the people that are struggling in their sin that maybe don't realize that maybe don't see that they're blind. Like you need to be with them to be that light to be in this world, but don't partake of it. And that, that so stuck with me. And um, so like, you know, since then I've, I've just, I've entered into Florida state, like, okay, I'm not here just to play softball. There's more, there's more. And, you know, I said, by God's humor, like I actually haven't played that much softball. My freshman year, I played more than I have the past couple of years, but like, and again, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other time. But, um, you know, I, I haven't played that much softball, but again, just seeing God's grace that I'm still here and he, he has a purpose for me where I am right now. And like, if you told me like right now I'm, I'm a player manager, um, by God's blessing, I'm still on scholarship, but like, I'm not even suiting up for the games and I'm serving as a chaplain. And, um, it's just, it's just been incredible to see like God has me right where he wants me. And though I doubt that, like I, I need reminders of that each and every day, but, um, just to see that, like, no matter your status, no matter your playing time, no matter your failure, successes, whatever it might be, this goes for anyone, wherever you're at, like no matter your struggles, no matter your sins, like God, God will use you if you just offer it unto him. So like, you know, we can go into like playing time does not define us. Our success, our failures do not define us, but just again, viewing everything in light of eternity. I, I talked to Megan King the other day, like when you're struggling on the mound, like what I did, I would just think of the pearly gates. Just think of the pearly gates. Like softball is so awesome. Like the game of softball, it's it's incredible. And like, look at how God can use it. But then at the end of the day, it's like, yes, it's also just a game. Just like, just remember eternity, and and you'll see how, like, this could be like, like this is the crumb. Like you're you're um you know, you know if you're walking someone or you strike out when you're up to bat, like that is just a crumb in the buffet of life. <laughs> My Spanish teacher told me that, <laughs> but, good. but God can use that. God can use that crumb. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. um, in all things, just in all things, glorifying him. So obviously as somebody who has experienced so much success, whether it was club travel or high school, you're, you've got a competitive nature in you. You're used to, um, being on the big stage, not just as a, as an observer, but as somebody that as a player, you know? And so how mm-hmm. did you navigate, um, 
you know, we, we have a lot of student athletes that listen, high school and college. And, you know, mm-hmm. we live in a day and age where all you have to do is look at ESPN and you see all these student athletes who are transferring because of lack of playing time. And so what would you tell that high school kid or that college kid? You know, the high mm-hmm. school kid can't transfer. But what would you tell them <laughs> to how to prevent themselves from taking that negative mindset on? Yeah. Okay. So something that I realized, like even freshman and sophomore year, when I, when I wasn't getting a lot of playing time is that I had like, I had a hard heart towards, um, you know, honestly towards the game and a lot of aspects of the game, some players, some coaches. And I was like, wait a minute, like Satan is really working on my heart right now. And I can't let that be. And, and so there was a shift about like my sophomore year when I really started praying about this. It's just like, God, help me to be joyful when the person in my position succeeds or help me, like help me to be joyful during the games. And it was, like I would be like on my knees praying before practices, before games that God would give me joy. Um, because I, I mean, I struggled with that on the field because like I said earlier, like I did place my identity and my worth and how I performed on the field. And now I'm not even getting a chance to perform on the field, you know? So um, like just in that situation, it, it took me a few years for God to soften my heart, but like just to be a light in like in a situation like this. And, you know, our situation, of course, like everyone can go through some dark times, but it's like, who are you in those moments and who you are and how you conduct yourself and your, um, just your perspective on things in those moments can set us, like it, it's what sets us, apart, sets us apart as Christians. And it's, it's like, we are called to be faithful representatives of Christ. And, um, you know, I was just trying to encourage my teammates even last night when we were talking about this to like, when we're not getting playing time, like, still like pray for that joy so that people can look at you and be like, what, what are you like? It it will stand out to you to be joyful from the bench, you know, to be genuinely joyful, just to be a part of it. So um, transferring is, you know, I know a lot of athletes go through it. Um, It's something that, that needs great prayer over, but realizing at least right now, God has you where you, where he wants you. And then just listening for his call and being patient in that and seeking godly advice from other people but um just knowing right where you're at whether you're in the highs or whether in your lows you seek god and you glorify him with whatever circumstances you're in i think that's awesome and i i I love the fact that despite you didn't allow your circumstances to define you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that despite your situation Mm -hmm. you continue to have that positive attitude you continue to use the platform that god gave you you know coach you were a longtime football coach i mean decades I'm sure you've seen over the course of time uh, athletes that allowed their circumstances to dictate the attitude that they had on the team. And whereas Tessa, you used it Mm -hmm. and you continue to have a positive attitude and uh, positive Mm -hmm. experience. I'm sure there were student athletes that you had coach that went the other way and were actually a cancer to the team. Well, there's no question. Let me Mm -hmm. first say that uh, it's obvious to me that uh, God has a call Tessa on your life. Mm -hmm. You receive that. God has a call on your life. Uh, Leadership Mm -hmm. is influence. Nothing more, Mm -hmm. nothing less. And you can see the influence that you've had over the last couple years in whatever, wherever uh, you found yourself, whatever situation, whatever circumstance Mm -hmm. you found yourself in. And I just know from coaching a lot of athletes over the years and even at the professional level, um, you know, guys go through some hard situations because our egos are so strong. You know, the the fact that God has given you a strong ego, see, it's your ego that allows you to stand in front of people and talk about the Lord. 
It's your ego that enables mm-hmm. you to go out there and perform on that field every day. It's your ego that allows mm-hmm. you to do what you're doing right now, being a witness, being an example, speaking the word of God, encouraging others. God doesn't want that to diminish. He wants you to sanctify mm-hmm. that ego to him so that all you're able mm-hmm. to accomplish, all your all the people you're able to influence, that he would be glorified mm-hmm. in all that you do. He's not after what, mm-hmm. you know, all your success. He just wants all the glory. Is that right? That's what the Bible tells us. He just yeah. wants the glory. So that's what you're doing. I want to continue to encourage you in that area. I know it hasn't been easy. I know when you're not playing and mm-hmm. you're a player and you're a competitor, it's hard to sit there and root for the guy who's got your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, we just have to be honest. That's hard. But God softened yeah. your heart. And we know that's what God requires of us. And so if you decided yeah. to stay and you did... You know, we'll have to look at the fruit down the down the road. Um, I can tell you, you know, at my age and after coaching at the college level, 30 years, seven years professionally, five years at the high school, you know, after 42 years of coaching, I get emails today almost monthly from guys who at the time mm-hmm. it wasn't good, but now they've given their heart to the Lord. Now they're in different situations. Now they're grateful for the influence that they had from others. We had a player one time. Uh, godly guy you know uh and he was he didn't drink he was in the world just as you said he wasn't of it Mm -hmm. and he was always there Mm -hmm. for the players always encouraging always there when they come in you know at night or whatever and i used to give these little three by five cards out at the end of the year put three personal goals on it put three personal goals three team goals for next year and almost I think it was eight or nine guys one year put, I want to, I want to have the same influence on my teammates as Gary's had on me. Well, you know, if eight Mm -hmm. people put that on their piece of paper, that's what people are going to say about Tessa, 10 years, five years, three months, whatever, three months from now, five years from now, 30 years from now, people are going to say, man, when I look back on Tessa's leadership, on her influence, I'm so grateful I played at that time. God had me in the right Mm -hmm. place at the right time. So I just want to continue to encourage you. Great testimony. Keep doing what you're doing. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank so you. you have shared uh, from college on, and you said you, you haven't always yeah. walked with the Lord. And so let's kind of dig into that a little bit. Can you tell us, yeah. when did that faith journey start? Was was uh, was a relationship with God always at the center of your family? Or yeah, just kind of walk mm-hmm. us through that journey. Well, um, yeah, definitely we had a, I grew up in a Christian household, but um because of softball, and I know maybe that's a lousy excuse, but like we, we never, we didn't go to church on Sundays. And um, to be completely honest, I didn't even know what like Good Friday and Easter like really represented up until my high school, like my, my senior year of high school. And that was when I first started going to SCA. And um, so FCA has been such, um, such a strong influence in my life. And um, it's just been amazing. The, the people that God has surrounded me with that has so helped my faith, but um like when I was saved was my sophomore year of high school. And, um, it, I kind of, the, the way I tell my testimony is really, um, something that God revealed to me. It's in, um, Matthew chapter 13. It's when he's, um, Jesus is telling a parable about the sower mm-hmm. and he talks about four different soils and there's the hard soil, um, the rocky soil, the thorny soil and the good soil. And, um, a farmer drops a seed, he plants a seed. And on each of these different soils, um, there, there either is a plant or there isn't, you know, and in, in that good soil, that's where you have the fruit that's producing 30, 60, a hundred fold. Um, and as I was, for the first time I got to share my testimony, it was actually a, an English, um, 
an English project my senior year. And I was like, wait a minute, like that, the parable of the four soils actually parallel my four years of high school. So um, like my freshman year was definitely the hard soil. That was the soils represent um, your heart, um, the condition of your heart. So like my freshman year and like all, all of um, before that was like my, my heart was definitely the hard soil in a sense of the word would, would fall on my heart, but it was just hardened. It like, I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. I was blind. Um, and like coach, what were you just, what you were just talking about, like being a light. I had that person, her name's Bailey. Like when I was a senior or when I was a freshman, she was a senior and she was just such a light. Um, and I always looked at her and, and I was like, Oh, she was just born that way. Like, there's no way I could be who she is. She's just a beautiful, precious girl. Like I can never be her. And like, now I'm realizing like she was reborn that way, you know? And, um, but like, so my freshman year, I would, I would see the face and I wouldn't be deterred by it, but I wasn't, I wasn't attracted to it because it just seemed so far away from me. And I think that's because I, I saw Christianity as, as exactly that, exactly that, like the religion versus the relationship with Christ being at the center. So my relationship with Christ started my sophomore year, which for me represents that rocky soil because um, a friend of mine, his name's Adam Smith. He was, uh, he was a year, he was a junior when I was a sophomore. He was running around um, the Buford campus for basketball conditioning. And um, he, he died suddenly um, when he was running. And it was amazing because he had been, he had been talking to all of his friends like that whole month trying to recruit people to come to this service called Sunday Night Live. Um, and that Sunday Night Live that he was trying to get everyone to that actually ended up being his his service, a, a service to honor his life. And it was at that Sunday night service um, that I, I, through Adam's life and death, I learned of the life and death of Jesus Christ. And for the first time, like I felt that Holy Spirit just wash over my heart. And it was, um, it was incredible. I was saved. And then a month later I was baptized, but y'all, the, <laughs> the month following, I was back in the same exact stuff I was doing before and worse. I was I really struggled with self-harm. I struggled with homosexuality. I struggled with just gluttony. I just struggled with so many things. And that, that, that year represents a rocky soil to me because Jesus talks about this parable. He says, like, the rocky soil represents the word, like, the word that the seed is planted on that soil. And it, it doesn't take root because the soil is rocky. And that was me my sophomore year. I didn't, I didn't seek fellowship. I didn't get in the word. I wasn't praying. My roots were not deep. So I didn't have any growth. I didn't have any spiritual growth. I went right back doing the same things that I was doing. And then, um, you know, just in that brokenness and in that shame in that disgustingness, like I, I kind of walked into junior year of realizing that this is not the life that I want to live. So I started seeking community. I started getting in the word a little bit more, but that rocky soil, I mean, that rocky soil goes to that third soil, which is the thorny soil. And Jesus talks about these thorns representing the temptations of the earth. And for me, that temptation again was, um, you know, just everything. Honestly, like, I feel like I had my college years in high school. Like I really struggled um, being in the world in high school and especially that junior year, um, just those temptations. I wasn't seeking God in those, you know, it says God will never, um, tempt you beyond what you can bear. When, when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. And I was never seeking that way out. You know what I mean? Like, yes, God provides a way out, but I wasn't seeking it. So those thorns just kept poking and prodding. And I didn't, I just, that, that plant kept just withering. And, um, honestly, my senior year, I felt like it was when, um, I really started to, to get into that good soil. God really started softening my heart. 
and it was um it was because of one man that's very special in my life um it's my boyfriend Kason already getting emotional out but um Kason actually I grew up with him um we dated you know however whatever dating means in eighth grade um and I went to a different high school than uh, than he did but God like led us back to one another about my junior senior year of high school and um it was it was him who embodied the love of Christ um uh, one of my darkest moments in my one of my biggest mistakes I remember he told me like I love you and I'm praying for you and I broke him but that's how he responded was just with this Christ-like love that I've only ever experienced from Jesus and from my family before and like in that moment I was like I've got to be better like I I started envisioning who I wanted to be for him, the wife I wanted to be, the mother that I wanted to be, the teacher that I wanted to be, you know, the daughter of the king, but also, you know, just the sister that I wanted to be. So it was, it was trying to see like who I want, like that Proverbs 31 woman, like that was such a strong scripture for me, my senior year. And I just kept seeking that. And, and, and that helped me start walking in faith. And, um, you know, I, I'm just, you know, we, we just talked about like those fruits, like that are budding. It, it didn't all that, that those fruits weren't happening in senior year. I wasn't seeing those fruits happen, but like slowly, but surely, like my roots were growing down deeper in fellowship and community and the word and prayer. Um, and now, like now in college, I'm starting to see those fruits, bud. and, and for me, those fruit, that fruit is the fruit of the spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and, uh, and self-control. So not all of these fruit are visible in my life right now, by no means. Um, patience is what, you know, patience and self-control is like one of those things that I'm really praying for right now, but I'm telling you with, with prayer and, and just with, with, um, confessing our sins to one another. And just, I kept, I keep talking about fellowship because that's, that's so big to me right now is, is, is discipling others and being discipled by others. Um, it's just so important. And again, FCA has been such a big, um, such a big opportunity and avenue for, for that to happen. So, um, it, you know, it's not all sunshines and rainbows all the time. But again, I'm seeing that when I am in, in those in those dark moments, even when I, I do feel tempted, like I'm seeking that way out now. I know the word. I know what God has called me to. And it's more than it's more than my feelings. So often we we um, we react based on our feelings versus the truth. And that's what like in those moments I'm like, OK, now get up off the floor. Like get off from out in front of yes. that toilet. You're wanting to make yourself throw up. Get up you're stronger than this, you are more than this, you know, like, so just continuing to just memorize scripture and just be rooted in truth. And, and from that flows, just blessings, just absolute blessings. Amen. Well, Tessa, I'm, I'm so, we are so honored and blessed yes, that you, that you shared that with us. Um, you know, I, I, that Thank takes you. honesty and that takes trans, uh, transparency and vulnerability, mm-hmm. but it's so powerful. And that's the essence of what this podcast is about because the reality is you're not the only one going through this. You're not the only one experiencing mm-hmm. this. And there's a student athlete, whether it's male or female out there, that could be listening to this saying, I'm going through that. I felt like I was the only person experiencing this. Mm-hmm. I felt like there's something wrong mm-hmm. with me, and I don't know how to navigate it. And so the whole yeah. hope of our podcast is that the stories, the journeys that God has brought people on will serve as hope 
for others who hear this, that, that mm-hmm. God will use yeah. your testimony and what he's done in your life to provide hope to f- somebody that finds himself maybe not as far down the path, but that they know that yeah. they're, you know, uh, there, there are brighter days ahead. There is hope. There is yeah. victory, you know, and so yeah. I, I'm so thankful. We're so thankful that, that mm-hmm. you shared that that with us. And, um, I, I, you know. In college, you're you're an athlete. There's a lot of temptation to, like you've said, conform to the world, you know. And so yeah. I just have a few more questions for you. But one of those questions is, yeah. how did you navigate the temptation of um, mm. conforming to uh, the world, going to the parties, be, being part of mm. the in crowd, but also yeah. staying true to your beliefs? Yeah, um, I'll say – a big blessing for me um, was that once I got here, like I, I haven't been tempted to like the parties that, that hasn't been something, but I've been tempted for other things. Absolutely. But like my high school years, and this is like by God's timing, it's been perfect. Like high school years, that's when I was tempted for that. And I've, I've seen the other side of that. Like, so when I got here, like I, w- I wasn't tempted for that. And, and, and it's because like, I, not that I knew better, but like, I knew what God had in store for me was so much greater. And so often we think of like, like the word or like, you know, Christianity as like, Oh, all these do's and don'ts. But it's like, no, hold on. Yes. There are things that he like says, do this and do that or don't do that. But it's like, it's because he is to protect, like he has set these boundaries, these walls, not as a way to like restrict us from having fun. It's, to protect us as a heavenly father, like just that father figure that I, I sometimes often forget, like, wait, God is our heavenly father. Like just in some, he just wants to protect us. So the things that he's telling, like, Hey, avoid this, it's for our good. And so just reminding myself of that. And I know another thing too, of, um, and this still like hurts my heart, my senior year when remember I was finally in that good soil, my eyes were finally like open and I, I was, brokenhearted to the sins around me, to my, to my friends, um, to my teammates, like I would see their sins and it would absolutely break my heart. But I went about, like, I went about it in the wrong way. I was, I would, I came off as judgmental and probably because I was, but like, it was out of a broken hard place. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know better. Like, why are you drinking? Why are you having sex? Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? You know better. Cause it's cause I wanted better. But I lost a lot of friendships my senior year because I went about it in the wrong way. So I'm glad I learned that then because my 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 four years in college, like I just want to come off as a loving, loving individual, not as a judgmental person. Like, you know what I mean? So just and it it was really cool how, you know, yeah, I'd have some teammates like, yeah, hey, come on, let's do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. And after a while, like they started respecting me. And just like you mentioned earlier, like. You, we might not know now, like, but like we are called to be the farmers that plant seeds and waters them, but God is going to make that seed grow. You know what I mean? We can't do the growing on our own, but just in those moments of temptation, in the moments of just worldliness to avoid those temptations and, and, and to turn to God, like you will be a light for so many people and you might not see the fruit in their lives. You might not see, you know, the, that happen in their lives quite yet, but like that, my teammates, and again, I keep talking about like my kids, the the woman I want to be like, that is who I'm focusing on in those moments. I have to completely take it off of myself, like, and who I am right now and what I want temporarily and, and, and focus on what God has for me, which is so much greater. 
than, than anything that these fleshly desires can give me. Amen. Amen. Well, I was wondering, you know, obviously it takes, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that have spoken into your life that have helped shape you to the point where you are today. So I was wondering if you could Mm -hmm. just share two people that have just really played a large influence in your life. And then also maybe two memory, like not memory, two scripture verses that maybe you've really clung to that uh, you've just added to your tool belt. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I already have mentioned so many people. Um, my, my, my parents have, it's been awesome to see how, um, as I grow in my faith, it's just so cool to see how like they're, they're along with the journey. So, um, my family has been so big for me, but I want to specifically talk about like coach Ryan Licardo. He is someone that, um, saw my brokenness when, um, when I was in high school and he, every, every morning he still sends me a devotional and it's been something that's just been incredible like every morning at 5 30 he sends me a devotional and that's just something that like so stood out to me and he's one of the biggest reasons why um i want to teach and and another man um he was my he was my um he was my high school history teacher um i was walking to the baptism of elders you know i was about to get baptized and he is in the front row just bawling his eyes out and that was that moment that i was like that's what I want to be. That's who I want to be. I want to be someone that leads so many people, like just leads people to Christ in love. And it wasn't like, you know, especially as teachers, we can't talk about Jesus Christ. Like if you're in a public school setting, so they, they weren't doing that, but they led me to Christ through love. So coach Anthony and coach Ryan has just absolutely just had such a pivotal, you know, has just so encouraged me to walk in faith and to, and to walk into this profession out of love. Um, so, those are my two people. And then as for the two pieces of scripture, um, one that is Case and I's favorite, actually, it's Luke nine twenty three, And Jesus is talking to the disciples, like, if you want to take, if you want to be my follower, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So that very first step is denying yourself. And, and that was something that I still, everyone does, struggles with is, is selfishness. So the very first thing you got to do is deny yourself, take up that cross. Again, it's not going to be pleasant, you know, always 100% rainbows and butterflies following Jesus, but it's worth it. So you take up your cross as he did and you follow him. And and that's the thing of like, we talked about leadership earlier. It's like, it's not, hey, follow me. It's like, hey, follow me as I follow Jesus. Like walk with me and let's walk, let's follow Jesus. He is our leader. So I think, I think that's so big of, of not just believing in Jesus, but walking as he did. And then my second verse that's been, um, that's really helped me is, um, Colossians 3.23, and it's actually what I signed my autograph with last year. It was, um, uh, it's whatever you do, do with all your heart as working for God and not for man. And I want to say this for the athletes, especially those who are maybe struggling with transferring, like, and you're trying to prove yourself to your coach. It's you, what, what you do in the right room, on the field, on the court, whatever it is, like you do it to honor God. Use your, bo- your body and your talents and your gifts to honor God and he will bless you. And it's, and I'm not just talking about with home runs and, 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 you know, three pointers, whatever, like he will bless you when you honor him. And, and when you work with all your heart, with everything you do in the classroom, on the field, everything you do for, for, for God and, and not for humanly masters, not for your coaches, not for your parents, not for whoever it is that you need to impress do it for God. That's Amen. yeah. Thank you so much. And, my last mm-hmm. question before we move on to the next segment, you know, you said you were involved in FCA in high school. Uh, tell us a mm-hmm. little bit about your role now at Florida State. You're still involved in FCA, but it's kind of taken a different look. What are you doing now? Yeah. 
Well, I'm actually the president of, of FCA, so um, which is kind of crazy how that came to be. But I'll, I'll say, like, my FCAs, both both in high school and in college, like, we've been – it's been a more intimate group. Um, as in, like, it, it looks kind of more like a Bible study, but right now we're actually planning this really cool – like, I don't know what we're calling it, like, FCA – blast or ignition i don't know we're we're, we're we're trying to definitely like increase it in size not that that not that that matters like we have had an amazing um you know relationships have been built in this intimate setting of just circling up and talking about the word so i love that but like we definitely want to reach more people and more athletes at florida state so we're like in the pivotal moment of of um of planning right now for this for this big um you know wh- whatever whatever it is to come so prayer request for that um but I'll just say the, um, it was so cool in high school when I first started going to FCA, like just for my classmates and, you know, now in college, like my teammates, like not just seeing them as that, but seeing them as my brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, and like we would have FCA in the mornings in high school and I would just like the bell would ring and we'd go to first period. And it's like, I just want to tell everyone about Jesus. You know, it was just, it was, it was, um, it was such it was such good, like living water for me to drink first thing in the morning. Um, and just to, to, again, just be reminded of eternity and, and look into your left and to your right and know that like these people, I, I, I gotta, I gotta help them like learn about the love of Jesus. Um, so I'll just say like, it has been a, it, it's, it's a time commitment thing. And a lot of people will be like, Oh, it's, you know, it's another thing to do. I don't, I've got so much homework, but it's like, we have so much on our plate, but realizing like God is our plate that holds all things together. He's also the server that blesses us mm. with everything on our plate. You know, before my relationship with Christ, like God was just, you know, the chicken bone, you know, like he was just a part of my meal versus like now he is the provider. He is the like holder. He is the protect, you know, you see what I'm saying? He's not just an ingredient. He is, he is it. He is yes. the one. So knowing that he caused all of it to work together. And when you devote time to him intentionally, he will bless you in all other things. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Your testimony has been amazing. I'm so excited that you're getting into the teaching profession because we know the yes. the school system and we know the uh, state of the school system. And we know that um, oftentimes our students are around teachers longer than they are around parents throughout the day and yeah, yeah. and teachers play a huge influence in the lives and mm-hmm. molding of students and so to know that yeah. there's going to be a teacher somewhere that has the strength uh in her relationship with the lord like mm-hmm. you do and you're going to be influencing 20 to 25 to 30 kids every single year and your love for christ yeah. is going to pour out um we know and we trust that the same influences those two men that you recognized earlier uh, had on you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have that same influence on. No question. Mm-hmm. No question. Let me say one thing Thank before you. we go, uh, Tessa. You know, don't yeah. buy the lie that you can't use your Bible mm-hmm. in a public school. That's a lie right from the mm-hmm. pit of hell. You know, the Bible's in every mm-hmm. library in the world. And, you know, as I told yeah, people, you're right. that's yeah. true. it's a reference book. And that's how I use it for 42 yeah. years. I carried you know, yes. the Bible, the Bible mm-hmm. was I had a chapel every week in a public state university. Uh, you know, many, many guys and gals came to Christ as a result of those chapels. Yeah. And people would say, well, coach, wow. how do you do that? I said, well, man, the Bible's in the, every library in the world. I would just say, go to the library and use it, <laughs> get that reference book and look, look this guy. Yeah. But I'd tell, then I'd tell something about the history of Paul or the history of Peter or the history of whoever and just like you would any yeah. other historian or some person who had some impact on 
the world. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's a lie right from the pit of hell. And sometimes we shrink back and say, well, we can't use our Bible in the public. But there's no constitutional word anywhere that says you mm-hmm. can't do that. And I just appreciate mm-hmm. your testimony. I appreciate where you are in your life, Thank the station you. God has you. He's definitely got a call on your life. And I'm excited about all the lives that are going to be influenced as a result of your Thanks. example. Thank you so much. And that was, it's one of those things that God, I, I felt I was really good at math when I was in high school. So I was like, okay, I'll be a math teacher. But God just reoriented my heart and was like, no, you're going to teach English. And that's what I've come to see is like, yeah, the word is literature. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a yes, living it is. word, but it's it a, is literature. It's like a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. I know. That's right. I know. A, and there's just so much power behind words, amen. you know? Amen. You'll so. be great. Now we're going to go to one of my favorite segments called Eli Wants to Know. Tessa, we're going to put my seven-and-a-half-year-old son, Eli, on the mic. He's going to ask a hard-hitting question that I'm sure all of America wants to know. Tessa, do you think you're up for it? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Bring it on. All righty. Do you think you could strike out a Florida State baseball player? (laughs) It just got real. It just got real. (laughs) It did. I'll say um, my changeup's pretty nasty. I, I, you know, I've I've got some shoulder problems right now, but I ended up throwing for the first time in like a year the other week. My fastball was nowhere near the strike zone, but my changeup still dropped. Like it was, it was money. So if I was throwing those changeups, even if they know they're coming, I think I'm confident. Yeah, I get some some whiffs, some swings and misses. That's good. <laughs> we love the confidence we love the confidence well, awesome job eli and thanks tessa for answering it we do have one last segment before we let you go we ask all of our guests this we call it the three and out um it's a segment that we carry like i said we we carry from show to show it's more lighthearted to let people kind of know a little bit more about you and so our first question is what is the last book that you read oh good question um so my the last book I read is Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. And, um, you know, I know it's Women of the Word, but I think, like, y'all y'all men could, could pick it up and learn a lot from it. It's, it's about how you can do an inductive study of the Bible. And, um, and and that's just so good because, again, like I talked about earlier with that, that scripture in Exodus, like, too often we just we read over scripture so quickly just to, like, check it off the list. Okay, I read the Bible today, but, like, no, like, just marinating in scripture and just— um, just this book does a really good job. Jen does a really good job of just breaking it down. What are we looking for? What questions should we be asking? And approaching the word, not for our own benefit. It's not about us. It's about, it's about him. It's about glorifying God. Um, so just reorienting our approach, you know, Absolutely. opening up the scripture to focus on what can I, like, how, like, what about God does this scripture teach me? Mm. And then what should I do in light of what I've learned? Amen. So just, yeah, it's it's been a great book. Highly recommend it. Okay. You're on a road trip. What are you listening to? Oh, okay, so it depends. If I'm if I'm by myself, I'm listening to the Journey Women podcast. Again, it is Journey Women, but I I think anyone um male woman could benefit from this. And that's actually where I heard about Women of the Word, that book. Um so I I love that podcast. Um if I'm with Kason, or either listening to the Prince of Egypt soundtracks or, um, gosh, we were singing this, the I'm every woman, which is hilarious because this man is a ranger. He's an army ranger. He's a soldier who is just belching out this I'm every woman. It's the funniest thing. So he's, he's opened me up to a lot of different genres of music. So uh, that's, that's one of my simple joys in life is, is long car rides by myself and with others. I just I love them. Um, 
it's a good excuse to listen to music and podcasts and just prayer, honestly, too. When I don't have music going on, just, just praying and being with God. So, well, yeah. that, that's awesome. It. And we have, first, yeah. we have our first uh, live singing on the podcast, and I, th- I think you've set the bar oh, wow. pretty high. I think you set the bar pretty high. So, uh, yeah. So our, our last one: they're making a movie of your life. Who plays you? Mm. Oh, this is a good question. Um, and to be completely honest, this is probably a cheesy answer, but it would be like the somewhat like probably a really awkward person that like you would least expect <laughs> to be an actor and actress because like what I what I've seen like I just keep saying God continue continues to want like use the ones that you least expect even like jesus like he didn't come as a king with a crown on his head like he came in a humble birth and and like moses you know with his stutter like gideon like god continues to use the ones you least expect to to like play in the role that he has for us and um to be on that platform so for me it'd be like someone that you're like who is this chick who is this person doing this but um you know i'll just say like he uh I don't know. Someone that someone that would forget the lines and stumble over the words as I've done a thousand times this podcast, someone that would forget things and just but someone that's real and 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 um although I do someone did tell me I look like the girl from Freedom Rider or the Freedom Rider that movie. I forget her name. Uh, man, anyway, I'm not good um, with that stuff. You could cut that part out. <laughs> but um yeah, the one the one that you would uh the one you least expect. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for talking to us. I thank you for so much for taking the time to come out onto our podcast. And we are so excited for what God is going to do in your life. We are so trusting that this podcast is going to go out and just uh, impact the hearts of mm-hmm. the listeners. And we thank you, Tessa. Amen. I also want to thank, uh, you. thank you, Tessa, for coming on with us. So what a great, great testimony. And I'm sure many people will be impacted and influenced as a result of uh, what you did mm-hmm. here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an incredible blessing. It's been our pleasure. Okay. Thank you again, Tessa. That was a fantastic interview. I think it was something that's so good that student athletes here, regardless of your situation, don't allow your circumstance to define you. You heard Tessa. She wasn't getting the playing time that she originally imagined she would get when she went to Florida State, but she did not allow her circumstances to define her. She continued to lean in and press into the Lord and ask him how she can use the platform that he's given her to bring him glory. And he he provided an even larger platform than she could have ever imagined. Coach, that was a great that was a great podcast. Wow, it was great, uh, Mike. Again, you know, it, uh, we don't see too often the testimonies of people who don't have much playing time, or maybe aren't known as uh, stars on ESPN. Because usually that's who people interview. They interview the guy, the gal who wins the the medal. But here's a gal who was very capable, highly recruited, and then finds herself not in a starting role, or even making the field and reduced to a manager role. Wow. And still has this incredible testimony about the love and the grace of God. Powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. So if you're listening, wherever God has you right now, whatever your current situation is on the team that you're on, ask God for ways that you can use that platform to be the best teammate you can possibly be and what ways he may be calling you uh, to, to be light to be light. And so right now we're going to head to one of my other favorite segments and it's called coach's corner coach. You always uh, impart wisdom on us. And so what do you have for us today? 
Well, thank you, Mike. You know, I'm just thinking about a couple of things. And uh, again, with talking about how to live or how to run this race, you know, that we're in. You know, it's interesting in the uh, one of Paul's letters, you know, Paul says, don't you know that those who run a race that all run? In other words, don't you know that all the people who enter a race, they all run, but only one receives the prize. And he instructs us. He tells us now as believers, run in such a way that you may win. That's powerful. You know, everybody, all 7.2 billion people are in the race. And God's telling us there's a way to run. There's a way to walk. There is a way to live. It was interesting. I was sharing this story not too long ago. Uh, not too many years ago, Division II National Championship Cross Country Race in California. A bizarre twist of events took place. Mike Del Cavo and 127 of the best runners in the country were battling for glory over the 10,000-meter course. And about three miles into the race, Del Vaco was somewhere in the middle of the pack, right? He's in the middle. When he realizes that runners, the runners in front of him, were going the wrong way. They were not on the course that was designed to run this national championship cross-country race. You know, they're off going in the wrong direction. He begins to yell out, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. And three other guys started to yell, you're going the wrong way. So what happens is Mike goes the right way. He follows the course, and he and the three other guys are now out in front. But lo and behold, when they come around this corner, they see the the other 122, whatever it is, they see them now about a quarter of a mile in front of them. And the only thing they can figure is that those guys cut off about a half a mile of the race. And the interesting thing was that uh, as they as they come to the, the finish line, the final blow came when because of so many runners had gone the wrong way, that the judges got together and they all ruled that the wrong way would now be the course that they would accept as the course for the race. So here's Mike and these three other guys who went the right way, but unfortunately, because some judges got together and because so many of the people in the race went the wrong way, the majority went the wrong way, they thought, okay, we'll just make that the official course. At the end of the race, you know, uh, some of Del Cavo's competitors thought it was funny that he went the right way, right? They were all laughing at him because he and three other guys went the right way. In our mixed-up world, when the courts redefine marriage, judges redefine marriage, or they define what a family is, or they try to tell us when life begins— See, when the majority of the people are going and taking that path, see, in in a mixed-up world where everybody is wrong, then wrong becomes right, see, it just blows our mind oftentimes. However, in the world to come, there's only one judge, and he'll not change the correct course regardless of how many or how few actually run it. His rewards will be based on you having stayed the true course. See, it's easy to follow the crowd 
but it takes courage and conviction to follow wholeheartedly after God. And sometimes it can get lonely running your race, wondering where the crowd is going and even whether you yourself are on the right road. But you keep running, see? You keep running with the Lord. You keep running the race that God has called you to. You remain faithful to him. You run the race, and when the day comes, see, God will say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You finished the race. You ran the course. You did good. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. You see, I was thinking, I was thinking about this as we were listening to Tessa and talking to her. And see, I'm sure she wondered if she was on the right course. Everybody else seemed to be getting playing time. Everybody else seemed to be finding favor. And she was, with all her ability, doing the right thing. She seemed to be the one who was not receiving the kind of favor and probably wondering, where is God in this thing now? But you keep running. Look where, is to, where she is today, right? She just kept running, and she'll continue to run, even though everybody's going the wrong course, even though at times they seem like they're the ones out in front, right? They're winning. We're losing. And even judges come along, and they make the, the ones who went wrong seem right. See, and wrong has been so right for so long. When people do right, most people can't even recognize it. So I'll tell you, this is a good word for a a lot of young men, a lot of young women that, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to try to steer you down the wrong path. It'll even appear from time to time that they seem to be winning. And uh, they have the friends and they're in the in crowd and all of that stuff that we hear every day. But you just keep running the race like God called you to. You remain faithful and uh, you will be the one who receives the crown of glory. Amen. Amen. Coach, that was awesome. I've never heard that story before about the cross-country runner. It's crazy. Um, but, man. With the national co- championship, too. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, but so true. So true. And with Coach's Corner, with Tess's testimony, uh, today's podcast has been filled. I trust that your hearts are filled. I trust that God's going to do things that we can't even imagine or fathom with this uh, podcast today, Um, and I'm so thankful. And so before we sign off, you know, we heard Tessa share the impact that Fellowship of Christian Athletes have had on her life and the role that she now plays with the ministry. If you've heard the podcast, either of our first three episodes before, you know that I am an area representative for Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in York County, Pennsylvania. FCA is a worldwide organization whose vision is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. And one of our goals is to help student-athletes grow deeper in their faith with Jesus through Bible studies, which we call huddles in schools. And Tessa referred to those as, you know, the ones she was early in the morning. Over the years, FCA has impacted hundreds of thousands of student athletes and coaches. And I just wanted to take you, I just wanted to take a minute and invite you to be a part of it. You heard Tessa's story. And if you heard Tessa's story and if you thought, man, how can I, how can I play a role in helping champion live Christ in the lives of student athletes and coaches? I have a way. FCA is a support-based ministry, which means that we rely on people like yourself to come alongside and financially champion the ministry. It's that partnership that last year helped see 49,955 student athletes and coaches put their faith in Jesus. 
So I wanted to invite you to pray about being part of our team. If each person who listened to this podcast decided to financially champion what God's doing through FCA York for $5 a month, the kingdom advancing impact would be exponential. Your support would go to helping assure that every student athlete has a physical Bible. It would help provide scholarships for kids who couldn't otherwise afford to attend camps. And it would help provide resources to lead coaches from being transactional to transformational and much more. If you'd like to partner with what God's doing here in York County, there's a link that'll be in our show notes, but you can go to my.fca.org backslash Mike Rubin, R-U-B-I-N. If this is your first time hearing about Fellowship of Christian Athletes and you want to learn more, just go to fca.org. Thank you guys so much for listening. We can't wait to share April's guest with you shortly. Guys, if you would, subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review. The more you guys do that, the more accessible it'll be and easier for other listeners to find. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Coach, you want to sign us off? Well, that was great, Mike. And again, Tessa was uh, super. Uh, What a wonderful uh, day today. Uh, let me say that. Let me just piggyback a, a second on what you just said about, you know, we get, we all can't be coaches or people who have direct contact with student athletes. And we know there's a great need today in America, in the public school system, in the private school system, whatever the case might be. Kids are struggling in a lot of different areas. And uh, maybe you can't be there. You don't want to have the direct influence, but you can financially support FCA. You know, it's the only ministry where uh, the – FCA really ministers to the coach. And if we get the coach uh, saved or come, you know, we get this uh, coach coming to the Lord, he has tremendous, she has tremendous influence over those entrusted to them. So I would encourage uh, everybody who listens and maybe even pass this along to other people to encourage them to uh, send your support to uh, Mike uh, here at FCA. You support Mike. Mike's in the school every day. Uh, he's the guy trying to gather. He's the guy trying to influence. He's the guy trying to create or organize activities to introduce Jesus to young people. So I appreciate the FCA. I was a product of FCA. Captain uh, uh, Bill Lewis, uh, who was a regional director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes years ago, introduced me to Jesus. Uh, and, you know, from that time, and I would say today, as a result of coming to Christ, uh, it was that it was that foundation. It was my faith in Christ that allows me to be the, the husband, the father, the, the coach that, that I was. So I would encourage you wholeheartedly to get behind Mike Rubin and support the FCA here in York County. I appreciate that, Coach. You want to sign us off? Well, it's a great day to be alive. We thank God for his goodness. We thank God for all that happened here today. And we trust that all we said and did honored him in Jesus' name. Amen. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic healthcare ministry to provide an affordable health sharing solution rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at MyCatholicHealthcare.com slash podcast. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com slash podcast.